The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Tuesday, 205 on the 630 Chad Afternoon News. Jaylen and Andrew. Hard to believe it's only Tuesday. I it feels was just like about it to be say. About Friday. It, it feels as though this has been a, a long week for the world and not just uh, us. Of course, the weekend just full of dismal mm. stories uh you know and I, I know a lot of us probably feel like we want to move on but we can't just yet we have to uh, continue to follow those stories bring you up to date on anything uh new or developing with them should we start with edmonton yes it's probably the easier to summarize right now i know a number uh asked yesterday oh bail hearing uh, the the thought that an individual who could possibly yeah, yeah. perpetrate a terror yeah. a terror that could possibly be up for bail, but it's just all part of the legal process. Process and a bail hearing is held, and uh, uh, you know we're, there's still charges probably uh, pending to be laid. Uh, terrorism charges at this point, though, uh, five counts of attempted murder, five counts of dangerous operation of a motor vehicle, one count of criminal flight causing bodily harm, and one count of possession of a weapon. Um, now the hearing was held over. The, the uh, accused had no representation, no legal representation. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about Abdullahi yeah. Sharif uh, from the weekend um, attack in attacks in Edmonton. Right. And, you know, again, with these stories, uh, as the research uh, is done by media and as uh, more information is released from law enforcement, we'll find out more Uh uh, about the individual and more about what's going to happen moving ahead. Uh, According to documents provided to the police by the government of Alberta and obtained by our associates at Global News, uh, Sharif is a Somali refugee who came into Canada in 2012. Uh, initial yeah, we had re- we've reported that. Right. Uh, documents indicate he was sponsored uh, by the federal government for one year, but now, you know, yesterday, according to a spokesperson for the Ministry of Public mm-hmm. Safety, Sharif presented himself at an official port of entry and then claimed asylum status and was granted refugee status, uh, what, about a year after mm-hmm. that. So that's to be sorted out. There's some... Some, there's some conflicting uh, paperwork there. There's some blank spaces there uh, again, but uh, you can be assured that that's uh, trying to be all pieced together right now, as is what happened on on Saturday night. Uh, again, I, I keep going back from the time we first heard about this uh, to yesterday, last time we spoke. Is that four hours in between the attack on on uh, Constable Chernick and what happened downtown Edmonton? Right, exactly. You know, where'd that U-Haul come from? Yeah, was, was it, it rented? Was it stolen? That happen? Yeah. Was there anything mm-hmm. in the back of it? I mean, I would like to know all of the answers to those questions. And, you know, I want to sort of uh, step back slightly from um, Sunday and possibly part of yesterday. Uh, there was a lot of individuals who contacted me directly um, and who uh, tweeted or texted uh, publicly or Facebook post about you know this is uh, Trudeau's fault and this is you know this is immigration without vetting and all this kind of thing and as I mentioned he actually entered the country in 2012 and the uh, 42nd That's parliament would have been, uh, Prime Minister Harper, Harper right the, the um, liberal uh, the 42nd parliament uh, sat for the first time in December of 2015 and was elected in October of 2015 so this was prior to to Trudeau but what I want to say in in terms of stepping back a little bit I get it um but I want to be factual. Like, I get the anger, mm-hmm. and, I, and I get, you know, the fear, and I get, you know, people, the backlash, and people saying, well, this is what happens. Uh, there's 
great validity to the statement, this is what happens with unvetted immigration, for sure. But this was not unvetted immigration, nor do I think we're currently practicing unvetted immigration. Well, but I get why you're angry. I don't, I don't even think in Canada you can say this is what happens when there's unvetted immigration because we don't have... Right. Um, uh, unvetted refugees running around en masse trying to kill people in this country. No, and the thing and, is... And I know don't, don't you know, yeah. Yeah, I, I can just see the text coming in and all, all of that right now, but, you know, think about it. I understand that people are concerned about the immigration process in this country. As am I. I do believe that we need to take a closer look at it. I do believe that we need to make sure um, that uh, all the proper vetting is being done, the proper... Ch- all of this, yes, we need to take a closer look. We do. Yeah, and possibly change just tell, a few I'm things. I'm going to say this again, though, too. Yeah. Don't get your news from memes. Yeah, please. And that's just it. Like, I feel like when somebody says, and this is just personal note to you, the listeners, I feel like when somebody tweets and tags me into a tweet and blames Trudeau for allowing... Uh, you know, a terrorist into the country, and I correct them to say, hey, let's just stay with the facts, though. Uh, Then, you know, two more people jump on board and say, well, you liberal this and that. No, I'm really just trying to correct the facts. I just want you all to be as informed as possible. And again, the text comes in, bail for a terrorist? Now I've seen it all. Stupid. Did you listen to us off the top There's not going to be bail. It's part of the process to get a bail hearing. That's what I mean. Like people, and then, you know, somebody tweets it and then somebody, you know, retweets it and then somebody comments on it. Then somebody argues with the other person and it's all based on false information in the first place. Um, Now, back when, you know, Somali refugees was the topic on this Mm -hmm. show and every other show. And I remember back then saying that, you know, I don't want to turn my back on refugees and I still don't want to turn my back on refugees as a Canadian. Just one opinion, but I want an abundance of caution when it comes to vetting them. Uh, But again, those are two different conversations Uh because this particular individual didn't come in through that particular time frame or through any you know, lack of vetting or or extreme vetting or anything else. He, He entered the country in 2012. So my question because I don't necessarily feel like it's productive to point fingers and blame anyways. My question, though, is, like I think a lot of listeners, so a complaint's brought against them, and and we've heard a number of different people say, uh, you know, report what you hear, and, you know, what's that expression everyone's using? You know, you see it, say something, all that kind of stuff. Well, somebody did. A co-worker of this individual did do something, and as a result of that, there was an investigation. And... And I get, and I'm frustrated by it because the Canadian right, uh, Charter Rights uh, is a double-edged sword. I'm frustrated by the fact that once a Canadian citizen, he now enjoys, as do, do all immigrants, uh, the full protection uh, of the uh, Charter of Rights. And so, therefore, innocent until proven guilty, there's not enough there to, you know, to lay a charge, there's not enough there to to do anything, and yet... It happened. It happened. And, and, saying, yeah. And, and I just feel like maybe something needs to be changed there. I mean... Okay, but what? So they did an, 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 yeah. an exhaustive investigation. That's what they've called it. An exhaustive investigation. There was insufficient evidence at that time to pursue terrorism charges or a peace bond. Now, 
if we don't trust our police, whose job it is to do that, and we do not trust their decision, mm -hmm. then then what the heck are we doing with them? And my second question is, and I, and I get this too, I start to think, because we had this conversation at home last night, if you have someone like this who has had a complaint against him, has had an investigation, people are saying, well, shouldn't he be checked up on, you know, maybe every six months or every year or whatever it is. If police had to check up on every single person who's had a complaint against them, that's a lot of manpower, that's a lot of work time, that's a lot of money. How much are you willing to pay to have your taxes increase mm -hmm. to cover that off? We know that policing budget is a tough one as it is, that we don't have enough at all levels to do what we need to do. So See, what are we willing to do? Right, and is that a government thing? Is the government going to ship out more money? I don't know, and I, I don't have the answers to that. But let me ask you this: without bringing on the hatred, let's let's keep it, uh, you know, civil discourse. I'll ask a question. I don't have the answer to this, but here's my question: Is there a difference between uh, a refugee? who makes threats, but not sufficient threats in order to be arrested, charged, or deported, and, and me. If, if, you know, if I make those claims, but I'm Canadian-born, um, police investigate and say, well, I think it was just beacon off. Well, here, can I just take you back two years ago when Constable Woodall was shot and killed investigating um, alleged hate crimes? Mm -hmm. What's the difference there? He was murdered by a man right. who was investigated for making um, uh, hate statements against groups. Uh, it was, I, a, it I, was a white guy. Right, and I don't know the answer to that. I, I And I don't want to say white guy, brown guy. I want to say well, come on, newly landed immigrant versus Canadian citizen. I mean, if you're a newly landed immigrant and you've made um, threats or promoted hatred or suggested to a co-worker that you think somebody should die. We don't know that that's what he said, but Andrew. Just say, careful. Okay, but... Uh, careful. Know, be very careful. Let's just say that that has happened or had happened, or not necessarily in this case, but in a particular case, in a very you know hypothetical sense, should there be a difference? Like, once you're a Canadian citizen, does it matter how long you've been a Canadian citizen? Because it, i got to be honest with you, in my mind, it does. In, in my mind... It does because of the because we have to open our eyes and well, say the world is a more dangerous place Canadian than it once was. Citizen. You're a Canadian citizen at that point. I know. You know, someone just texted in, who wants more immigrants? I sure the hell don't want any more immigrants. Ban them all. You know what? No, I want immigrants in this country. I want immigrants in this country. This country was built on people who came to this country from other places. Get your It's all of that is true, but you have to you have to keep your eyes open to the fact that terrorism was not the issue a uh, hundred years ago that it is today, and that there well, are I think people there was out a different kind of terror. Absolutely, but there are people out there who want to hurt our country and other countries like ours. They want to hurt democracies. They want to. There are those individuals do exist, and I just don't want to have my eyes so closed that I don't open. I, I, I I'm willing to be, I'm willing to be labeled whatever you'd like to label me, just to say. At the very least, so there has to be saying, an abundance of precaution when it comes to immigrants. So what you're saying is that because of what happened with this fellow on Saturday night, that you think that every immigrant coming to this country should be um, screened 
much more thoroughly than they are right now? Because you, you're no. saying that you don't trust the immigration no. process right now? I don't trust the immigration process right now, frankly. But I'm not saying as a result of this individual. I'm saying in general, if we're bringing people to our country, they should be vetted uh, efficiently and thoroughly. And I, and I, my and impression, I would say 99.9% of the time that they are vetted efficiently and thoroughly. I guess, I guess my feeling is that you have an individual, if you have an individual who once vetted and once obtained immigration status, then has a complaint levied against them, I feel like, I understand by the letter of the law they hold the same rights as a Canadian citizen, but I feel like there should be maybe, and I say I don't have the answer, maybe a longer probationary period. Okay, you're a landed immigrant with the same rights and, and uh, you know, we have the same legal obligations to you as any other Canadian. However, you, you, uh, you are under a different scrutiny for a period of 10 years or five years or something. And it's not as a result of just this individual, but certainly what happened Saturday night does make you wonder when you hear, well, there was a complaint levied against them in 2015. But it was investigated by our police, and if we trust our police, we have to believe that they found nothing at that time. Yeah. You know, there's people who, um, you know, uh, investigate, you know, police investigate domestic uh, violence complaints, domestic violence complaints, and nothing's done about mm -hmm. that, and we turn around and then there's someone dead a year later or two years later. Yeah. I, I mean, can we compromise at all that, you know, maybe your probationary period should be longer so that you have the ability? Do you know what the probationary time I is? Do not. Okay, well, so maybe we should find that out mm -hmm. before we start talking about it. But I do know that he entered the country in 2012 and was was a citizen in 2015. So it's. Uh, so you think it should be more than three years? Definitely, and only for only so that if a situation arises where somebody's making any kind of threats, but they've only been a landed immigrant for less than say five years, that we have the ability to actually deport them, as opposed to saying, well, they enjoy the rights of every other Canadian, so we can't do anything about it. I I feel like in this particular but case, it would have... But during that process, when they come through, they yeah. would be asked initially go mm -hmm. through all of that. There was that, there was that um, you know, there was a proposal not too long ago about the Canadian values. Should we all have, you know, all of these questions mm -hmm. to be asked, Canadian values when they come over? Like I say, what it comes down to for me is this that if they enjoy the exact same rights after a short period of time, which I consider three years to be a short period of time, if they consider the exa if they if they now have the exact same rights as a Canadian citizen, we've got a problem because you can have a police say, well, you know, there's not enough to lay a charge, but we're worried. Okay, and, right? and and again, I think it doesn't necessarily matter if it's one year, two year, three years, or ten years that that could still happen down the road. It could still happen, but I'm, I you know, there's nothing that's ever going to be done or decided that's going to stop all terrorist attacks forever around the world, but I just feel like in this particular case, the hands of immigration may very well have been tied, or the hands of the police enforcement may very well have I been tied. I think you're making assumptions. Three years is, well, I mean, I'm not assuming that there was a terrorist attack on Saturday. That happened. Mm -hmm. And I'm not assuming that it was less than three years, you know, from the time that he entered the country till the time he was a Canadian mm -hmm. citizen. That's not an assumption. Those are both facts. And I, and I think I, that you're possibly assuming that he had those views before he got here and somehow slipped through. No. The, 
the the process. I am probably assuming that, but that but that is not at the core of my argument. At the core of my argument is he. No, has, you're saying he shouldn't have been here in the first place. No, no, I'm saying that once in with within three years there was some suspicion enough to investigate him that something was wrong. Mm. But at that point, he enjoyed all the freedoms, privileges, and rights of a Canadian citizen. And at that point, you've basically tied the hands of immigration law enforcement because he's a Canadian citizen. So either charge him or let him go. So they let him go. And they had no choice but to do that because there wasn't enough there to prove a crime. Mm -hmm. But if you add to it that he's, hey, wait a second, he's an immigrant of just three years and the probationary period for Mm -hmm. not shooting your mouth off at work about wanting to do harm to Canadians is five years or ten years, then they might have had an avenue to act. It's 221. We need to take a break here. Jeremy Glenn Claude. Uh, we'll take a picture, or we'll take a picture. We'll, we'll continue. We'll get your phone calls after this. 225 on the 630 Chad Afternoon News. Lots of phone calls to get to this afternoon. We'll start with Jeremy. Hi, Jeremy. What's on your mind? Jeremy? Hello? Okay, I'm going to move along to Glenn here. Hi, Glenn. Hi, how are you guys today? Pretty good, good Glenn. How are you? Pretty good. I... I I think, Andrew, you're, you're kind of on to something, and I've been listening, and I agree with you about, you know, when, when this young fellow started talking about it, uh, but if the police can't prove it. But, and the reason I agree with you is all our lives, and I'm sure you and Jay Lynn, uh, through growing up and in business, we've always been told You've got a friend or a co-worker that's constantly talking about suicide, the odds are they're going to do it. And uh, statistics have proven that's right. So when you get a guy starting to talk about these things, especially coming from the countries where ISIS is around, then our police should have the authority to say, whoa, you know, they're We've got to react on this, not wait till it happens. And I think we all know that our police are pretty hamstrung. Uh, and and I think in those cases, they just have to have a little more freedom. And I like what you say for five or eight years, but I think you're, you're on. But think about that suicide thing of what you were taught. Uh, most time it happens, they say, if, uh, so if you have a friend, you reach out to him and say, hey, bud, you got problems. You've been talking about it in your life. Because I know lots of guys that have done that. I mean, I'm 68 years old. And maybe if somebody would have alerted, well, this guy alerted it out. The cops couldn't do anything because you're right. They would have been infringing on his Canadian rights that we gave him. Yep. So anyway, I agree with you. Appreciate the call. Thanks, Glenn and Claude. We have Claude. We have about a minute left. Turn down your radio first. There you go. There you go. What's in your mind? Hi, is this me? It, it is, is Claude. Oh, thank you. Okay, I'll do it real quick. I'm kind of speaking through my hat right here because apparently your receptionist told me there there is a video out on what happened here on Saturday. So, and I did not see the video. My my only question, concern, if you will, is that. The police officer, from what I understand, initially the report was, um, of course, hit, and then he was attacked and stabbed several times, uh, I think in the upper torso and in the face. Um, And he fought this person off, the attacker, with one hand, 
while protecting his firearm with the other. Is that correct? That's right. Okay. My question is this, because I used to train police officers at one time when I was in the military. Why did he not withdraw his weapon and take that person down? Why, why, why? That's, you know, a zillion questions. There's a lot of armchair quarterbacks yeah. out there right now, and we can't answer that question. Keep, keep it in mind. Oh, that there's a lot of people right, around. Yeah. Keep, keep it in mind that he was thrown 15 yeah. feet He'd first. He'd just been hit by a car. That's He'd right. just been stabbed. Yeah, yeah. So he's laying on his back, having been thrown 15 feet. Now this guy is quickly on top of him, uh, trying to grab his firearm and stab him mm-hmm. in the face. So he's fighting him off with one arm and holding onto his gun with the what other. If the, what if the guy had gotten the gun out of him? Right. Right? That's Cl- correct. Uh, absolutely. But my whole point is, and I know what you're saying, and we weren't there, so it must have been a traumatic incident. No doubt. You know, really, when you think of it, uh, my whole point was trying to protect this firearm and be not being able to withdraw it is kind of like, it's confusing to me, that's all. But it's okay. I thank you for receiving my call. I appreciate it. Thank you for giving us a call, Claude. Appreciate it. Just, uh, I'm just been doing some research along the way here. So, access to citizenship from newcomers to Canada, from refugees, immigrants, processing delays are extremely long—25 to 35 months. Um, the law says that people can become citizens of this country after living three years in Canada. And practice people usually can end up being more than five years. In this case, it looks like it was uh, three years. Um, as of November 2012, applicants must provide proof of their English or French skills at their own expense and um, there's this residence questionnaire as well that has to be filled out just some background the 630 chad afternoon news with jaylen nye and andrew gross weekdays at 2 on 630 chad